0: Hello everybody, Joshua Gillow here, your host. This week we're gonna be talking about how to get out of debt. How to get out of debt if you're heavy in debt and you have a lot of bills against you and you just can't seem to get out. I brought a guest on here who is a specialist in this category, his name is Tyler Waters. He's a financial advisor on steroids. Uh, He used to be a law enforcement officer, now he's getting into helping people get out of debt and to create long-term wealth for their family, not just this generation, but also next generation as well. So if that's intriguing to you, keep on listening. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. so guys welcome to the show here today we have tyler waters on the show he's a police officer he's also a financial advisor on steroids that's why he's on the show today and a father of three and i want to go deeper with tyler into what it takes to get out of the hole like get out of the the debt get out of um just kind of living day to day and figure out how you can actually lay out a plan that you can get out of debt and start living the life you've always dreamed so I wanted to have him on the show today, and uh, so welcome Tyler. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I mean, this is this is awesome.
1: Um, what you guys are doing is awesome. You guys are awesome, right? Just individually, but um, likewise, man. This yeah, is we'll right uh, this you. is cool. I'm excited.
0: No, absolutely, dude. And thank you for all your service you've done for everybody and protecting and all that good stuff. I know it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> anyway, so just for the listeners, you know, we back up our story here a little bit, how we all met and Zach you know, Tyler and I, we all met back Ninja Warrior. Yeah. So. 2018. Yeah. I believe it was 2018. I think you,
2: you got accepted to the show and then you came to our gym to train yes. like a couple weeks beforehand. I right?
1: was looking for a place that I could go and try some things. Cause I had never tried anything. I yeah, got on yeah. the show with zero credibility <laughs> as far as ninja <laughs> capabilities. But, um, I spoke with a woman in Honesdale, which is up my way, and I was working in that area at the time, who had uh some ninja interest. And we had spoken a little bit, and then she told me about the place in Broadheadsville about uh Pocono Ninja's gym yeah. setup. And then I reached out to him, maybe directly. Maybe I just called the gym and said, "Hey, when do you guys have an open gym time?" Yeah, and it was like a Friday night, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. And and you you know, you were both there. Yeah, and that like that was obviously the first time we had ever seen each other. Yeah, Yeah. but I was already accepted to the show at that point. You were, were yeah. What made you want to try out for it? Uh, So, (laughs) funny story. Um, I'm laying in bed with my wife. Right, lights are out. Uh, American Ninja Warriors on. We're just watching it because we like to watch it. And I am the type of person that has unrealistic confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there going, I could do that. Like I could do that. I'm going, why did he, why did he do that? Right. Cause that to me seems like an obvious decision and that wouldn't be the best way to attack that obstacle or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, you think you can do so many things like you couldn't. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think I really could. Yeah. And I literally, she because she was testing me, she was like, you know, Pushing my buttons, I grabbed the laptop and I was like, How do I apply? And I started filling out the application. And I and I realized that it's like 75 questions long. Yeah. But I just started hammering away and hammering away and hammering away. And then I found out, well, you need a video. So I went out in the woods behind my house and it's like, it's it's cold. I don't know what month it is, but it's cold out. There's snow on the ground. So I stripped down to just a pair of shorts and I start running in front of my phone, camera in just my shorts in the snow. And I'm like yelling at the camera, <laughs> trying to make my application video. Yeah, yeah, And um, and then I came down to the Broadheadsville gym mm-hmm. and put a couple of clips together, right? Minor stuff, warped wall, stuff yeah. like that. And I incorporated that um, with a couple of clips from CrossFit. Cause that was pretty much the only thing that was relevant at all to yeah. my Ninja training was CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of pull-ups, doing a lot of bar stuff. Oh, definitely. Um, and they, I think they said I was like the second or third call for the Philadelphia region, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Whoa!" Like this number called me, and they're like, "Hey, you know, this is Pete. I think his name Peter, was yeah. Peter from you know American Ninja mm-hmm. Warrior, and you know we're interested in having you on the show." I was like, yeah, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> like, this, <laughs> just, this isn't really <laughs> happening, is yeah, it? That's insane. I told my wife she she was like she didn't believe me. Yeah. And you were
2: um, naturally just so good at it. You walked in the gym and you could do 11, 12 foot lache right off the bat.
0: Yeah. Uh, you
1: bent the damn bar. I'll again, forget that. <laughs> well,
0: here, forget Like, who is this fucking
1: guy? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly believe it doesn't matter what venue you're talking about. You've got to believe in yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you can, that puts you so far ahead of mm-hmm. the competition. Yeah. When I went into CrossFit for my first time ever, I did very little research. Um like this looks like something that I would like to do. Mm. Looks like it's a lot of athleticism involved, but it's exercise. It looks, you know, like some kind of good mix of fun. Oh, yeah. And I went to the um instructor who was actually one of the owners and I was like, "Hey, can I try a ring muscle up?" Mm. And they were like, "No." And I'm like, they're like, we have very strict standards on trying to keep people from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that people just walk into the gym and do. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that, okay, man, <laughs> but I was like, okay, but can I try one? Yeah, Just one. I was like, you show me what I should do first. Cause I, I already watched a couple of YouTube videos, but if you could just give me a pointer or two and just let me try one. And he kind of looked at me and was like, okay. Right. He was like, all right. And I think he expected me to embarrass myself. Mm. And, um he goes over, he gives me a pointer or two and I get up on the rings and I'm like, okay. And I'm getting a little swing and I missed the first one. And I was like, wait, 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 one more. You got to give me one more try. So he gives me another try and I got it. Mm. And he's like, what well, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, I just, a guy that thinks I can do anything. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. it. Mm. Um, and other things like uh handstand walking is, is something that you do in CrossFit occasionally you walk, you know, distances, 10 feet, 20 feet, 50 feet. And where I'm different than most of the other people in the gym, isn't, because I'm stronger than them. It's not because I'm faster than them or more athletic than them, but I'll try anything. Yeah. So when they were like, hey, handstand walks, well, if you can't handstand walk, you're gonna do a handstand hold against the wall. Well, I didn't even think about going to the wall. I was like, I'm walking, right? I don't know if I'm <laughs> gonna make it or not, but I'm going. Yeah. So I just started doing it. Where
2: do you think that comes from? Like childhood, um, military, what is it?
1: I can't remember not having that mindset. Yeah. From yeah. a very, very young age, mm. whatever it was, like I loved to be physically challenged by anybody. Right. right. And basketball was my thing, right, very early on. Okay. I wanted to play everybody, right, one on one. Didn't matter. I didn't care if you were 35 years old and 250 pounds and I was 12, I was going <laughs> to take you. But it didn't matter. I, I, yeah. That's just what I thought. Yeah. I was like, hey, listen, he might be big and strong, but he can't shoot like I can.
3: Yeah. And sure. as long
1: as I have the ball, then that's all that matters. Yeah. Right. If he it's doesn't true. get it, then the game's it's over. True. Yeah. So, I just, when I was really young, when I was, you know, 12, 15, 17, it was very borderline arrogance and, and I definitely turned some people off. Mm -hmm. I think I've just mutated that same mindset into unreasonable confidence where I try to cut the arrogant icing off
0: of it. Got it. That makes sense.
1: You know what I mean? Because I, I, I understand self-aware. I understand
0: that it can be off-putting to be like that. Um, I remember you coming into the gym that night. And after you bent the bar and I'm just looking at Zach, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And he's going to the show. I'm like, this is going to be one hell of a run. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's just, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And he just does. You did yeah. pretty well too. You made it past the first round.
1: I made it. I missed, oh, i was so upset. Um, I missed going to Vegas by like two and a half seconds. Oh, because man. Those lightning bolts. You remember the lightning oh, bolts, yeah, it's I that remember. free bar that, um, you know, you had to hop over and set it down and Ooh. then hop across. And the first night I made it to that obstacle like ninth or 10th fastest in the field, which is what got me to the city final. Yeah. And then on the second night, I hit the bow ties way too hot. I, I lacheed into the second bow tie and almost hit it with like my crotch. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't get out of it right away. Mm-hmm. So it took two or three extra swings to get off that oh, obstacle. Yeah. And that crushed my time. Mm-hmm. And had I had I done my first run, the second showing, right. I would have made it to Vegas. Dang. Um, also, in hindsight, if I had known what a cross grip was, yeah, oh, you didn't do that. I, no, oh, I, I, I did a straight, straight grip, yeah. which is why it, the Roll. bar rolled on me yeah. both times. Yeah, but had I known what that was, I still to this day think I could beat that obstacle. Yeah, I remember.
2: I remember a little bit from the show when you were there. You were just so pumped up, like before your run. I remember. Yeah, I mean it like, was awesome. Like, like you were like screaming to yourself. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs>
1: like, how many guys get to go on American Ninja Warrior, right? Like somebody somewhere along the way decided that they wanted me to be on the shows.
0: That's awesome. For sure. Right? Like that's crazy. I love it. Yeah. So, all right, obviously Ninja Warrior, we can go on for days talking about Ninja. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Obviously a police officer and you get to see all kinds of crazy stuff. How long have you been a police officer?
1: Uh, It'll be 10 years this June. Um, and I in the midst of that, I was in the National Guard for eight years also. So okay. I have the army police thing is called all commingled together yep. and it's all generally the same time frame. So um yeah, that was that came from me ditching my athletic desires for what I thought was a practical decision. Because mm-hmm. when I went to college, I was an athletic training major and my tail end of my sophomore year i changed tracks to criminal justice hindsight i would not have done either um but i i somebody decided to fill me in on what my life would look like as an athletic trainer Mm -hmm. which is most likely going to be high school or maybe small level college and it's nights and weekends yeah nobody plays games during the day right unless it's football which is on the weekend so it's not a highly profitable profession Right, if you're a high school athletic trainer, you're probably making like $30,000 a year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so to have a family and to give them things and to have options and to give them the life that I want to give them wasn't really feasible on that salary.
3: Yeah.
1: And to give them any time would have been unreasonable because they're going to be at school all day, I'm going to be home all day, and then as soon as they come from home, home from school, I have to go to school exactly. to tape ankles and 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 do whatever it is. Yep. So I I switched to criminal justice because of the lack of guidance. It was just easy, yeah. And I knew I had some friends that were doing it, and I, I had an idea that I wanted to go to the military outside after school, uh, for a couple of reasons to help pay off my debt, but to go experience something and get some more of that physical uh, challenge that mm-hmm. I liked so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and had no idea what I was going to do though. Um, prior to meeting my wife, I had a, a small plan of just being a military guy. But once I met my wife, which was my fifth year of school, I met her probably the tail end of my fourth year. And then once we got pretty serious, I decided that I didn't want to leave her forever, right? And just go be a military guy. So I had to kind of hybrid the plans and go Mm -hmm. National Guard, which allowed me to be home, um, but still do it. And then I started working right out of college at a federal prison, um, which is up also in Wayne County. Interesting to say the least, um, maximum security penitentiary, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of really great guys in there. You know what I mean? As far as the employees, like a lot of really awesome guys that work in there, but to be in there for eight hours a day for five days a week for, you know, decades is a lot. It's got to do something to your head, man. I, God bless those guys, you know, because I don't think I could do it. I don't think mentally I could handle that. That's, this is it. Yeah. Right. Because mathematically, 25 years there is eight years in jail. Right. Just because mm. a third of your day is spent there. Yeah. So a third of your career is actually inside. So eight yeah. years, yeah. eight yeah. plus years of you being in prison, Right. right. regardless you, of whether or not you're in the cell or out of the cell. You can leave. You're, but you're in still there. there. <laughs> you're in <laughs> there. Right. That's that's your life for right? yeah. eight hours yeah. a day. And, and it was just not something that I could see myself sticking with long term. Yeah. Um so then I just started applying for places like the you know the job that I have now with the police force and mm. I got one. Yeah. And I got out. Yeah. And now I breathe fresh air. Yeah. Which is nice.
0: Yeah. Deal with the crazies on the outside.
1: Yeah, a little different, right? Yeah. Um you know what's weird is that inmates probably respect the rules more than the public. Really? Yes. Hmm. Because when you're in a prison you know what the rules are. You have to know what the rules are, right? Because you're held to them by the minute, right? Yeah. Daily, every single day. When you're on the public, you're not really held to the rules by the minute. Most of your life goes unnoticed, mm-hmm. right? We're not everywhere. The police aren't everywhere. They can't see you when you're in your house. They can't, they don't, they aren't typically behind you when you're driving down the road. Yeah. Maybe occasionally, but not often, less than 1% of the time, I would imagine. Right. So you can get away with some stuff. Well, when you're in prison, You're not really getting away with a whole lot. You might here and there, but not much. Yeah, And their freedoms, the little freedoms that they have, like getting phone time Mm -hmm. or being able to buy commissary like ramen noodles and and Ben and Jerry's, you know, little pints that matters to them. Yeah. Right. That's all they got. Mm -hmm. So to get that taken away is significant. So they're and I'm not kidding you. They are better at towing
0: the line than most of the public. Hmm. Interesting. They have to be, Yeah, yeah. It makes they perfect don't really sense. have a choice. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. All right, so you're a police officer. Now you're into, you know, now you're doing financial advisor, like I said, on steroids, cause you're not just a guy telling people how to use their money, but you have a lot of options for people. And that's really what I wanted to target this podcast at is getting into, cause you can help people with a, an opportunity to take a look at what's going on in their financial world. Um, and I want you to talk deeper into, you know, the analysis that can be done and how to help people that are out there struggling. You know what I mean? Maybe they they spent too much in a certain area and had a bad year or bad, you know, set of principles or luck that came through their life. And now they're trying to piece it back together, but have nobody to to help them through that. So how do you help somebody that is, that is struggling financially? How do you, what's like the first steps? What are some of the um, different ideas you can share in order to help people that are struggling? Well, you mentioned it on the introduction,
1: you said the word plan. That is it. If you don't have one, you're you're setting yourself backwards. Yeah. And uh, Dumb and Dumber was on TV the other night and I caught a piece of it. And it's the piece where Harry and Lloyd are driving in the sheepdog yeah. and Harry falls asleep and Lloyd goes the wrong way away from Aspen. Mm-hmm. And he drives in the wrong direction for like five hours. And then Harry finally wakes up and realizes that he had been going in the wrong direction for five hours and that's what like a lot of people are in their financial world in their financial bubble they've been driving in the wrong direction for five hours yeah well once you realize it now you've got a choice to make yeah you can either keep going and figure out where that takes you or you can reroute and and still have a chance to make it to where you're trying to go yeah that's also implying though that you know where you're trying to go yeah harry and lloyd knew where they wanted to go they wanted to go to aspen yep where do you want to go do you want to retire when do you want to retire do you want to work till you're 80 would you like to retire when you're 50 how much money would you like to have when that time comes what kind of options do you want to have do you want to just live hoping to be able to pay for the groceries Mm -hmm. and and the insurance and the electric bill or do you want the dream that most people have where they have a small umbrella in the sand and a little table in between the two of them. And Mm -hmm. there's a couple of drinks on there and they're taking pictures of their feet with the water. Yeah, Right. That's because that's, I feel like what people picture in their head when they see retirement, Yeah, they're like, Oh, that's going to be me. I'm going to be under the umbrella, sipping something cold, enjoying myself. Not without a plan. Most likely Yeah, there's a, a few exceptions of
0: people that might get there without one, but it's not the majority. Yeah. And I can see, you know, I know I was guilty of this for most of my youth where I just was I was constantly high on hopium, where I was like constantly high She looked saying, you know, if I just do this, I hope it'll happen. Right. And I hope it, if I if I just sell more projects or I just make more money, then I'll be able to do this. And the problem is the same cycle happens. Like you you get the money, then you spend the money, then you need the money, then you send it like an addict to cash, right. right? Right. And if you aren't putting any of that away, it took me a while to start realizing that to put, you know, 10%, 20% away each month. And eventually that starts to stack up and then you have some actual cash to do something with. But without it, you stay in the same cycle to your point and you go hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck. And then you never have the opportunity to retire or have the life you think you should have after all the hard work you've put in. Right. Um, There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And one
1: of my favorite sayings is if you can't handle a little bit of money, how do you expect to handle a lot of money? That's the truth. Right. If you can't save $5 out of a hundred, how do you expect to save 5,000 out of 100,000? Yeah, it probably won't happen nope. because those are your habits, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to identify what am I doing, right? Where am I? And that's now we're getting into what I do for people. Yeah. Step one is where are we? Are we five hours in the wrong direction from Aspen, right? Are we now in like Nebraska or wherever that takes you? I don't <laughs> know where they were in the movie, but where are you and where are you trying to get to? Yeah. And just like a GPS, our tools will create the most efficient route, Got it. right? Just yeah. like that. That's how we try to encourage people to think about it. It's a financial GPS.
3: Yeah.
0: Where am I? Where do I want to go? And how can I get from A to B efficiently? But Tyler, what if I don't know where I want to go? What if I just don't want to keep doing what I'm doing? And I'm, I don't have like an Aspen destination or I'm young and just kind of trying to figure this thing called life out. Like how do we set up? How do you help people set up? those kind of goals when they're either younger or less. Um, yeah. Kinda, I'm 24. So this yeah. is,
2: I have no idea. I've, I've never done any of this stuff. So like my first question is like, you know, how do I get started? Like, what is the first step?
1: Well, the first step is identifying a goal. Even if you can't get super specific, mm-hmm. even if you can't say, well, I want to have $10,000 per month in retirement mm-hmm. income specific 10,000. And I have a reason for it we dive into, it's really just questions. Well, what do you think, what kind of life do you think that you want to have? Right. And we can kind of build that picture outward Mm -hmm. because you may not have goals because maybe you never talked to anybody about it. right? Maybe it hasn't been a thought process for you and you never sat down with anybody, financial advisor or otherwise that said, hey, like when you're 60, where do you see yourself? It is that, do you see yourself working forever because you love it? Are you going to be working because you have to, right? Cause retirement's not about having a job or not having a job. It's about having to have a job versus not having to have a job. Mm, yeah. It's about having the resources to quit. If you want to, yep. there's a lot of people that love to work yep. and, and that's awesome. And I don't know, I might be one of those people. I like to be busy and I like to help people. Yep. So if I'm doing this kind of stuff, I could see myself working at that age. But it's having the choice but it's going to be when i want to work yes exactly it's not going to be because somebody told me that i have to be in the office at this time at this day and there's somebody coming and they want to talk to you and if you call in sick or you're going to hear about it yeah no
0: it's going to be because i want to work and a cool part about being 24 and being kind of woken up to this is the fact that you have time when it comes to compounding right (laughs) you have time i'm 44 Mm -hmm. you know you doing the same thing that I'm doing, you'll get a much better result over right. time because yeah. you have time. That's one of the biggest multipliers, yeah. right?
1: Oh, that's such a fantastic point, right? Yeah. Because we have doubling periods in our life. This is a, a financial concept now is there is a rule. It's called the rule of 72. Have either of you heard of the rule of 72? Heard of it. Okay, so it's a mathematical equation that very simply tells us how long will it take my money to double? How right. long will it take $10 to turn into 20 depending on where I put it? Mm -hmm. yeah right so you just take your interest rate whatever you're getting at the bank it's point zero 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 one right which means never your money will never double right (laughs) trillion you know (laughs) you might have a cd that might be three percent yeah okay well three goes into 72 24 times so in a cd it would take your money 24 years to double yeah so if you put ten thousand dollars in there 24 24 years later it would be 20. 24 years later after that it would be 40. right so you have those are doubling periods Mm-hmm. Well, if you can get somewhere in the neighborhood of 12%, which is not guaranteed anywhere. If anybody ever tells you, I guarantee you, you'll get 12%, that's a lie. Okay. You can't guarantee it, but it's a nice number because it goes into 72 evenly six times. Okay. So every six years now, your money could double. Yeah. So if you had $10,000 and in six years, it's 20, and then in six years, it's 40, and then in six years, it's 80, and then it's 160, and then it's 320 those last couple doubling periods are much more significant than the first couple right right because it went from 160 to 320 yeah the yep. first one it went from 10 to 20 yep it went up by ten thousand the last one it went up by 160 thousand but it's the same six years you have those years you've got more doubling periods left in your life than he does right and that's just a fact mm-hmm. right he can't go back and do it over what he's got now is what he's got yeah but young people man if you could just do a little bit yeah right? If you could put yourself so far ahead of your peers when you're 30 or 35 and you start talking about these things because they become more relevant and you look next to you and you're like, Hey man, like what have you been doing? Yeah. Oh, well yeah, I got like, you know, a couple thousand saved. And you're like, Oh, that's now you don't even want to tell them because you've got like (laughs) 150,000 saved because you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. And you feel like now I don't even know if I want to bring it up because I don't want to make them feel bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just time. So my question is is
2: why, well, I don't know if you have, but why didn't you guys do it so young? We didn't know. Yeah.
1: Right. We didn't know who tells us. Mm -hmm. Nobody tells us. Now, if we want to go deep into the woods, I think that's by design. Right. I think I've come to the realization that most of the places that we're at in our lives as a society is because that's where they want us.
2: Yep. The matrix.
1: Right. I I mean, let's be honest. If, If they told everybody this information. It is, without question, there would be many, many, many people in better positions financially. Oh no doubt. Well, who does that benefit?
0: Yep.
1: It doesn't benefit the bank. It doesn't benefit the economy, really. Right? They want your money circulating. Yep. They want ninety-seven percent of your paycheck every two weeks to go to somebody else. Yeah. Because that keeps it in it's the a flow, consumer society. Keeps yep, it in the yep, flow. Yep, yep, yep. If I had five hundred million dollars in the bank which is not where I would keep it if I had $500 million, but that's not circulating in society.
3: And that's not what they want.
1: Have you ever heard Grant Cardone talk about? A little bit. What what a house is for? Tell us about it. Yeah. So Grant Cardone is one of the most prolific real estate investors on, in the planet. Yeah. And he's blown up on social media. And I'm sure everybody's seen a clip of him here or there, but he was on a, a podcast or something somewhere. And he starts talking about why homes were made. And he's like, homes were not made for you. A home was not made for you to live in. A home was made so that the banks had a reason to loan money. Yeah. Because outside of your home, there aren't a ton of reasons. Starting a business is a reason, yeah. but it's very risky for the bank.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, selling a home is not risky for the bank. Yeah. Most people are gonna be there for a long time and they might miss a lot of payments. And it's not going to be their home. Yep. So a bank is a product for the A home is a product for the bank. And as long as you're in it, you're paying them money. Yep. And chances are, when you get a little bit of equity, you're going to refinance of because course. you need that money for somewhere else yep. Yep. because you don't have the education to make good financial decisions.
0: Yeah. I can definitely see that.
1: Yeah. And so many people are in that, yep. in that space.
2: So what got you into this in the first place? Like what flipped the switch for you?
1: somebody came to me. Somebody came to me and said, Hey, I want to show you something. It was a college roommate that I had. I said, Hey, I started doing this. Could you give me 30 minutes? I just want to show you what I'm doing. And very nonchalant. Hey, like maybe you could use it. Maybe not. Maybe you could refer some people to me either way. I would just like to show you. And I like to think that I'm a nice person. I said, sure. No problem. Can, can your wife be there? Yeah, no problem. So we sit down And we start going through some of these very basic concepts the rule 72 debt stacking compounding interest pay yourself first Mm -hmm. um, the high cost of waiting uh, and it just made sense yeah i'm sitting there looking at this information going this makes perfect sense but why haven't i heard it before yeah and we very quickly decided to implement a lot of these things into our own Mm -hmm. life and we changed our insurance program and we invested our kids money like most people have a savings account at the bank for their kids yeah. that's earning that same zero 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 percent 0, 0, 0, interest not growing at all yep. knowing that they're not going to use it for a decade or more well what could that money be doing? Yep. it could be growing. it could be building
3: mm-hmm.
1: but but it's not. So we invested the kids money, we changed our insurance program. I rolled over an old retirement account that was just sitting um, allocated improperly reallocated the the current investment program that I had. And after the third or fourth meeting, the guy who was doing all this for us, because it wasn't my friend, he was still in training phase. Mm-hmm. Right? He was still learning the process. He looks at me. He's like this. You seem to like this. I'm like, I do like this a lot. I like things that make sense. And in case you guys didn't know, I have a Rubik's cube at my desk at work. Okay, And I solve it at least once a day. Oh, no shit. Okay. It just makes sense. Yeah. When you see it all come together and mm-hmm. it's finished, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. There's people at work that will mess it up on me on purpose Yeah, and then leave it on my desk and I can't <laughs> look at it. I have to fix it because nice. it doesn't make sense when it's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 But when blue is with blue and green is with green and red is with red, it yeah. all makes sense and it's perfect. So I love when things make sense. Yeah. And math was one of my favorite subjects when I was younger because it made sense because yeah. there was an answer yeah. and there was a reason for the answer.
0: And a certainty with it too. It always Of course. The same, yeah.
1: I, my English teacher hated me Yeah, because she'd ask me questions or she'd ask the class questions like, what do you think the author meant? And I'd ask her questions like, where is he and what's his phone number? Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know. Yeah, I didn't yeah. talk to him and I wasn't sitting next to him when he was writing this. Yeah, So how am I supposed to know what he meant? What's the symbolism in this paragraph? Like, I have no idea. Yeah, I, It could be anything. What could we be talking about? A million things, <laughs> right? I have no idea. Yeah, and yeah. she'd be like, you're disruptive. I'm like, but that's the truth, right? But yeah. in math, they were like, okay, well, what's, what's the degree of this third angle of the triangle? And I'm like, okay, well, we know it has 180 total. And if this one's 90 and this one's 30, this one has to be 60. Yeah. There's only one answer. And that
0: I love. Yeah, Yeah. I love when there's an answer.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that. And go back to your question, Zach, when you asked about why we didn't know this as kids, you know, or growing up. Yeah. First of all, to your point, in school, they don't teach you this. They'd rather teach you algebra. They'd rather teach you a bunch of weird shit that you're probably never going to use in life then teach you how to be financially secure, understand finances, how to balance a checkbook, how to invest all of those things, because right. the schools, you know, in, in the past and unfortunately still are still focused on just pumping out workers, not pumping out people who are actually going to be able to control their lives. Uh, so that's something you have to learn either by from your parents or on the street. You know, most don't ever get that education and they just go paycheck to paycheck, which is what I did for most of my youth and eventually you start realizing wait a minute here and, and i started to see others that were successful putting money away saving like everybody knows about saving like don't spend all your money or don't spend more than you make and all that good stuff but when yeah. i started hearing like a, a discipline putting 10 or 20 percent away every single month then you're like all right, are you just gonna put it under the mattress all right cool we're gonna put it under a mattress but each year Well, up until the last couple of years, usually figure at least 3% inflation, which means your money becomes worth less of 3% every year. So if you kept Mm -hmm. it in there for a long time, the money would be worth nothing. You couldn't buy anything with it. Buying power dies. So it's like, okay, so putting it on a mattress isn't good. And then somebody, some old guy told me, he's like, dude, if your money's not growing, your wealth is not growing when you're sleeping, then you don't have any wealth. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, how the hell is when when I'm sleeping, how the hell is that going to work? You know, I'm not working. And then I'm like, wait a minute. So there's other vehicles, you know, different ways to invest that that money works 24 hours a day when you're sleeping and then you're out making more and it's working behind you. So it's almost like you have this entire fleet of of things working behind you and growing this asset. So once that once I started realizing, I'm like, holy crap. That is crazy. I'm like, okay, how many of these can
2: we do? Yeah, can we can we do an, an example? Like, say I bring in five thousand dollars a month, and you know where does it go? Where would you recommend it go?
1: Well, it depends. There's right. a lot of questions that have to be asked before I start telling you where. Let's your do it. Go. Let's just like right. do an example so then. How much is your housing?
2: Yeah, let's say uh, fifteen hundred.
1: Fifteen hundred. So now we're down to thirty five. Right. What's your car payment? Essentially, the question is, what's your mandatory minimum outgoing? Right. So housing, car payments, student Mm. loans. Right. Do you have any personal loans? Did you take out a home equity loan? Mm -hmm. What's the mandatory minimum that we have going out? Right. Right. Let's just say out of your 5,000, it's 2,500. It's half.
2: Cool. Let's do it. Okay.
1: Okay. So now we have other things that aren't mandatory per se, Mm -hmm. but you need them to live. Right. Food. Gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much are we spending on those areas? Yeah. Right. Let's say it's another fifteen hundred dollars. Let's right. say that you're married and you have a kid, and and food is is there's a significant food bill every month. It's Got to get paid. Maybe or you just go to the left. store
0: and buy food anymore. <laughs> right.
1: Right. So um, so now we're down to what did I say? Twenty five, fifty. Now we only have a thousand dollars left. Yeah. Well, now we now that's all we have to make a plan with mm-hmm. because the first four thousands off the table. Right. You can't use it. Okay. So now we need to talk about a couple of other things is if, does your wife work? Does she bring income into the household? Mm -hmm. Because that matters. Because imagine a scenario where your wife doesn't work or your spouse in general, this could go either way, obviously, male or female, your spouse doesn't work. Being a a stay-at-home spouse is work. First of all, that's work, right? Raising kids is work and it's a lot of work and it's stressful and, and God bless all those. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But Now, how important is your $5,000 a month? Super. It's crucial. Without it, your family has nothing. Yeah. Because outside of being a husband and being a father and being a mentor and being a garbage man and being a landscaper, because you got to cut your own grass, right? Outside of being that for your family, you're a money machine. Mm -hmm. They don't survive without your money. Right. So the first, the foundation of a financial plan is what if you're not here tomorrow? Insurance right? We all pay for car insurance. We all pay for home insurance. We all have all these insurances that we just pay and we don't even think about it. But there's a lot of people who don't have life insurance. And it is the only one that will pay your family if you're not here. Yeah. Right. If your car breaks down or you smash it into a tree and you didn't have insurance, that would be tough, but you could make it out. Right. If your house burned down and you didn't have home insurance, that would be really difficult, but you're still here and you could battle your way out of that situation, right? You could get another job. You could do all kinds of things. You could file for bankruptcy, get that debt forgiven, right? It's not a great look on your credit history, but you could do it. If you're not here, all options are off the table. Yeah. So how much do you need? Right. Cause that's the second question. Do you need it? And in that situation, you have a spouse, you have kids, you have bills that need to get paid yep. and you don't have a pile of money sitting at home, then you probably need it. Well, now, how much do you need? So now we make that calculation because the first piece of that thousand that I'm going to recommend is protection. We have to protect from the worst case scenario, which is you not being here. Right. So let's say that's seventy five dollars. Okay. now we have nine twenty five. Okay. now we look at debt. I'm going to go to debt next because having a retirement savings is great. But if you get to retirement and you have $7,000 a month coming in, but you still have $5,000 a month mandatory going out, Mm -hmm. well, you only have $2,000 a month, but somebody who has no debt that only has $4,000 a month coming in has $4,000 a month coming in. They're wealthier than the person with 7,000 a month coming in because they don't owe anybody any money, right? See that? See what what I mean? So now we're going to look at your debt plan because the debt plan is... An interesting beast because it's not necessarily how much you throw at it, but it's how you throw it that matters. And we, this is just a tool. I put it into a tool. The tool tells me what's the most efficient way to beat this. What's the most efficient way to get up this warped wall, right? Is it a three-step jump? Mm-hmm. Is it a four? Are you shorter? Do you need a four-step jump? Right. What is it? Yeah. And we can figure that out because how important is it to you? Because it's all personal. Everything's personal. Mm -hmm. How important is it to you to get out of debt? And if you tell me scale of one to 10, it's a 10. Okay, well, I might allocate a little more there. Mm -hmm. If you're like, well, I'm kind of, you know, sublime to debt. I just think it's going to be around forever. So I'd rather not put extra money there. Well, then we don't have to. Now we're still going to utilize some strategies to get rid of it. Right. But we might not allocate as much money towards it. Then we start looking at other things like saving for your kid's college or saving for retirement. Are we maxing out? things like a Roth IRA, which is the single greatest tool any human being can own if they qualify for it, because it's the only place that you can put money and grow it that the government's not gonna come in and take a bunch of it, right? It's tax-free growth. Yeah. What was
2: that doubling thing that we talked about earlier?
1: So the doubling periods, the rule of 72? Yeah. Right, so um, that's just a matter of, and again, that all goes into the calculation. So we're gonna estimate Essentially, the tools will do it. But how many doubling periods do you have left, right, to to hit your mark? Yeah. Because well,
2: what's your is mark? that just like a regular savings account? Like what is that?
1: Well, that's that's a different conversation. Okay. Because you know a, a CD might get you two and a half percent or three percent, and bonds might get you five or six percent. So it just pending. depends on your situation. And right, certain mutual funds, mm. average. You know, you can all you can go by is track record. Yeah. Yep. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And if they did, they'd be silly rich, right? They'd they'd have all the answers and they would they wouldn't need me because they'd be rich. But I am gonna look at what your goals are and what your tolerance is. How much risk are you willing to take? Because I'm really I'm willing to take it all. I can go through all the ups and all the downs because I understand that this is a long-term game. This is not an overnight thing. If the market crashes tomorrow, I'm gonna wake up with a smile on my face because I can now get more out of my money. Yep. I understand that. Not everybody does. A lot of people hear that and they think fear. Yeah. And they go, oh my goodness, I got to get out. The world is ending. Yeah. Listen, if the if yeah. the market goes to zero and every business that you've ever heard of is now out of business, how much money you have in, in the bank is not your greatest concern because <laughs> we got big problems, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So um, it's I, just a matter of tolerance. Yeah. And then we can look at, different areas of, okay, well, if we invest here, this is what the 50 year track record looks like. And that kind of matches what you wanted. And this one kind of matches what you, what this person wanted. So you just, it's
0: yeah. very personal. I For want sure. to bump back to the debt part because, you know, when you think of debt, there's, you know, home debt, you know, the debt that you have in your house, the mm-hmm. mortgage liability that you hold there's, you know, car loans their student loans all of those things and then you get into the credit card side so not all debt is the same when you look at it like I want to I just want to pay my house off but yet you've got you know twenty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt at twenty percent versus your house might be at five or six percent or three percent whatever um so it's really a matter could you talk more into that interest rate side and to be killing the big animals the big nasty debt first and working into the longer terms compound interest either works for you or against 100%, you, yeah. right? So if
1: you have a mortgage right now, that's 3% or less, which a lot of people do yep. and they will hold on to that. I do, yeah. right. You, nobody's
0: getting rid of that. <laughs> I'm holding on to that thing forever. <laughs> so
1: if you were to pay that off, yeah. let's say you have a 3% mortgage and you paid that off early, your maximum gain is 3%. Yep. That's 3% interest that you're not paying. So that's essentially a savings on your behalf. Yep. Well, if you have a 22% credit card, You should not be saving money. You should be paying that off because that's a 22% gain in your pocket by getting rid of that, if that makes sense. So, any 7 or 8 or 9 or 12% gain that you might get by making an investment with that money will not pay you as much as getting rid of that credit card debt. And the biggest difference between a mortgage, a car loan, student loans, and credit card debt is a mortgage is a fixed debt which means the payment stays the same for the whole 30 years. If you're paying $1,500 a month on day one, you're paying $1,500 a month on month 360. Well, credit cards are tricky because the larger your balance, the larger your minimum payment is. And the lesser your balance, the lesser your minimum payment is. So if you are only carrying $1,000 and they tell you, you only have to pay $25 this month, you're probably not even touching the principal. Yeah you're probably only paying interest. Yep. And it's a trick that they're playing on you to get you to maintain that balance yep. because that's how they make money. 100%. They are literally, they are making 22% a month, yep. which is astronomical. It, it's yeah, it's it's crazy.
0: It is, it sure is. Um, How
2: much do you know about credit and like how to build credit like fast? Like any secrets with that?
1: I don't think there is a secret to build credit fast. and uh, Not that I'm aware of. The only trick that I think I will employ with my children to help them build credit because I do pay attention to credit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I work alongside some people that don't believe in credit. I work alongside some people that think that you should just pay cash. If you have it, if you can't pay cash for it, don't buy it. And I'm not that hard in the sand. You know what I mean? I don't draw that line because I think credit can be a tool just like anything else. And if you use it to your advantage, it can be very beneficial. Um, But the only trick really that I know of to help build credit is adding an authorized user. Okay. So, if I have a credit card as an adult and that credit card's been open for 15 years, yeah. okay, let's just say I have a visa and I got it when I was in college to just pay for things. And I did, I had credit cards when I was in college that I used as debit cards, pay for the thing, pay it off, pay for the thing, pay it off. Yeah. Helped me build credit very, very early on. But if I still had that card and I add my 15 year old child as an authorized user to that card, my 15 year old child now has a 15 year credit history. Wow they carry the whole history of that account yeah so that's like a little hack that a parent could use to help their children now that's also assuming that the parent has good credit yeah or at least that that account has been yeah. paid yeah. for every month and yep. you can trust your kid
0: yeah well you don't have
1: to give them a card exactly yeah. okay you don't have to allow them to spend money on the card right. you just have to add their name okay. and their social security number as an authorized user and they ah. will assume the history okay. So there's the hack. True. You don't have to let them use it. Yeah. You're just giving them the benefit of, of your, of your behavior.
0: Right. As long as it's good behavior.
1: <laughs> as long as it's good behavior. Right.
2: Now I heard like your credit could go up if you, if you let it go for a couple months and then you pay the, the lump sum off. Like say you let it go for like three, four months and then you pay it off.
1: Well, if you let it go for three or four months and you're not, on a new card that has some introductory 0% interest, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend that because now you're accruing interest that you don't need. But credit cards report monthly, at least monthly. And I think some of them report twice a month. And what a credit company is looking at is your, what they call revolving utilization. How much of this credit that I gave you are you using every month? And they want to see it below 30. If you're below 30, they give you a green check mark. Hey, good boy or good girl. Thank you for not maxing this thing out, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's slightly irresponsible. Gotcha. But here's the trick with revolving utilization. Some people think, I don't want to have a lot of credit cards. Having a lot of credit cards is bad. But if I have one credit card and it's got a $5,000 limit and I spend $2,000 a month because I could, groceries, gas, whatever, that could Mm -hmm. easily happen, but I pay it off. I have a 40% revolving utilization. Well, what if I had $100,000 worth of credit? What if I had 10 credit cards and each one of them had a $10,000 limit? Well, now my $2,000 a month is 2% of revolving utilization. Yeah, And it looks much better. For sure. Right? And not only does it look better, I'm telling all the creditors that I can be responsible, even if you give me a lot. Mm-hmm. Just yep. because you give me a lot doesn't mean I'm just going to go start buying Bugattis and Lamborghinis, right? Yeah. I can handle a lot of credit. And that's actually something that I've done recently is I've accumulated six figures of available credit that I don't use, yep. but it's there. And the companies can see that it's there and they can see that I'm responsible with it.
2: Right. Now, do you want to have a high credit limit? Is, it, is that is that a perk?
1: For the reason that I just said, it could be. Yeah. There's other reasons, obviously. Like, what are you looking to do? Right. What do you, is there something, is there a way that you could leverage that To help you financially. For sure. Now there's obviously risk involved, right? So you have to be very careful about doing that. Yeah. But there's all kinds of things that you could do with credit cards. Um, And one thing is like travel hacking. Mm. If you open a credit card today and spend $3,000 in the next 90 days, they're going to give you 70,000 bonus points. And you could use those to travel. And that's really cool because you were going to spend the three grand anyway. Right. Right. So why not get the points? Well, guess what? 90 days from now, I could open another one. And get what another bonus for spending another three thousand dollars in the next ninety days. And I could (laughs) hypothetically do that forever. And my wife and I, our ten year anniversary is this June, and we're going to St. Lucia. And I paid for our round trip flights to St. Lucia and back with credit card points. Yep, didn't pay a dollar. I'm sorry, I paid taxes and fees, which was like fifteen bucks. But round trip flights to St. Lucia and back with credit card points. Wow. Yep. But you have to be smart. You, yeah. can, if you are yeah. not the the disciplined type of person that can look at that as a tool and not a,
0: you know, party card, you should do it. Yeah. If you can't, then you should not do it. Right. There's so many ways to do that. I mean, we we paid for almost almost half of our trip to New Zealand with the family for a month, right, with points and not just from that. You know, because a lot of credit cards will give you these, uh, you know, either points or whatever you pick up miles. And with businesses, you rack them up pretty quick, yeah. right? If you run everything through, but the secret is to never pay a, a, any kind of interest. right? So you, you have to pay it off every, every month. single month. You just run it through as a, filter, exactly. as a filter. We're going to Iceland this summer. The entire trip is paid for by points. Wow. So we don't have a dollar out of pocket for yeah. this. And we just run it again. It's discipline. You mm-hmm. must not ever right. pay interest yeah. or it doesn't work. Because if you get $10,000 worth of benefit, but right. you paid $8,000 in interest over that time. You really only got $2,000 in benefit. But Josh, <laughs> what does this
1: come back to? You're going into that with a plan. Of course.
0: I have a plan before and I do anything. And run it.
1: Yeah. I'm going to spend the 3,000. I'm going to get the bonus points. I'm going to use them for this purpose. And I am not going to be That's that is a plan. Yeah. Even though it's a very basic one, it's a plan and yeah. it can be very effective. 100%. Plans don't have to be super
0: elaborate. Yeah. They can be very simple. Yeah. No, I love that. I love it, dude. Any other questions for Tyler?
2: I'm um, sure we do. Um, I thought you were going to go next. Though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as credit cards go, though, yeah, you could. There's business credit, mm. and then there's personal credit. You don't necessarily have to run a business to be a, available to get business credit. Have you ever sold anything on Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, no. uh, I think so. You're you're involved in e-commerce, right? right? You could potentially get business credit for that. Now, mm-hmm. what are you going to use your business credit for? I don't know, but you could get the card and you can get the bonus, right? And then you, you can use it for your personal gain, mm-hmm. right? There's all kinds of things you could do. There, the, the biggest credit hack going on the planet is e-commerce because you could hypothetically start an e-commerce store. You could get business credit. You could buy all of your products with that card and then sell them for a 15, 20, 25% gain. Mm. You gotta pay your platform. You gotta do all that stuff. And then immediately pay it off every month. Yeah. So imagine if you did that with 10 or 15 or $20,000 yep. every month. Now you're getting 10 or 15 or 20,000 points every month just for operating your e-commerce store. For sure. So imagine yeah. having 240,000 points a year. You could go places. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt you.
0: Yep. That goes pretty quick and it adds up pretty quick. And we, I know we've been using cards. My wife and I have been using cards in our businesses that are two points for every dollar spent, right, right on everything. Yeah. So they adds really quick. Yeah. And then it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing that someone told us years ago, we jumped into it and then our personal cards tie into our business cards. Mm -hmm. So all those points pull together. And then, you know, within a short amount of time, you've got a million points and you're like holy crap, like now we can go places.
1: (laughs) Now, have you, how deep have you gone? Meaning? Are you using transfer partners or are you using the American Express portal or are you using the Chase portal?
0: Yeah, so going through the, um, when we then do the actual acquisition of whatever we're gonna buy. You're buying the flights or you're paying for the hotel room. And then just, it does the redeeming it through the system itself. So So there's another level level. to this. Okay. Yes. I'm here to listen. So
1: your, credit card points are always more valuable if you transfer them to the partner. So if I'm going on a trip mm-hmm. and I want to fly JetBlue, JetBlue is a partner of chase. Okay. And this has happened. This is real experience. This is not me just hypothetically you to yeah. death.
3: Yeah.
1: I looked at the cost of the flight through the chase portal yeah. and it was say 115,000 points for the two, two tickets round trip. Yeah. But if I created a JetBlue account, and paid through JetBlue's website with JetBlue points, yeah. it was 88,000 points. Hmm. So I just saved myself 30,000 points just by transferring them from Chase to JetBlue and buying them over there. So you have to make sure that the partners work together. Every credit yeah. card has partners and yep. you can see what they are. All you have to do is log in yep. and you yep. can go to travel partners and it'll tell you and it'll give you all the airlines and it'll give you all the hotels and it'll give you all the whoever. Yeah. And a lot of times, if you catch it right, there will be transfer bonuses. So you might be able to transfer two points for one, right? And that all that is, is, is a simple change from, am I going to stay at a Hilton or am I going to stay at a Marriott? Yeah. Because they might both be partners. Well, if I have to pay for the Hilton and it's 200,000 points, but I could transfer two for one to Marriott and it's two miles down the street, or a lot of times they're on the opposite corner. Yeah. Well, why not stay at Marriott? Cause I can get it for half the price.
0: Like that. You know what I mean? So there's, there's levels for sure. Yeah. I've got American or yeah, the American airlines card as well for mm-hmm. business. And it's great because it too, I think it's two points per or at least one and a half per and it goes right. toward, you know, status and all that too. So yeah. you can do it by actual, you know, connections legs by flying or just by, you know, moving monies through each month, which is nice. and. Uh, but there's just so many benefits. But the secret to all of this, guys listening out there and girls listening, is to never pay interest. If you Discipline. can't pay it off every single month, don't even try this. If
1: you don't have a purpose for what you're doing, yep. don't do
0: it. You don't if plan. you don't already
1: yep. know what you're going to do with it, yep. don't do it. Yep. Because there's a, an additional level to the credit card point game is business cards at Staples. A lot of business credit cards will give you extra points for shopping at Staples because the only thing you could buy at Staples is business supplies. Yeah. What else could you buy at Staples? Yep. Not, besides maybe the candy bar that's by the register. Staples will sell gift cards, right? MasterCard gift cards, whatever. That's a Staples purchase. And they will do 5X points at Staples. And you could literally go and buy $2,000 worth of gift cards at Staples. And get five times the points. So that's 10,000 points that you just got from Staples. Yeah. And all you're going to do is pay for your groceries or whatever with the card, with the gift card that you purchased. Yeah. Because five times points on the gift card is worth a lot more than two times points on the groceries. Makes sense. So you've just beat the system uh, mm-hmm. hypothetically. Yeah. There are people that dedicate their lives <laughs> to like, figuring this stuff yeah. <laughs> out. And I just want to preface this entire podcast with saying none of these ideas are my own. Yep. right? I learn from people. Of course, all I do is listen to people smarter than me yep. and adopt some of their stuff yep. and soak in the the experiences that they've had. Like you guys, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I just want to be around people who know things. Yeah. It's so cool. I want to be the dumbest guy in every room yep. because all that means is that I've got something to gain. Mm. I've got something to learn from whoever it is that I'm sitting with because that's the only way we grow, right? You've got, you've got to take pieces of everybody that you come across yeah. and you know, find a spot to mold them in Mm -hmm. so that you could be bigger or better or more capable, or I could provide a better service to a potential client that's, I mean, that's what it's really about.
2: Definitely. What's your favorite part about doing this for people?
1: The impact. Right. Right. Because there's a lot of people that are just hopeless for good reason. We've got a system that's set up to keep them hopeless. Yeah. We've got a system that's set up for people to never have any light at the end of the tunnel. They think that they're just going to work until they die. And then hopefully, maybe their kids will get the house, maybe. But that's assuming that it's not, it doesn't have a reverse mortgage and it's already property of the bank and it's all this stuff. Like you, it doesn't matter if you're five miles in the wrong direction from Aspen or a hundred. You can turn around. Yeah. You can. It, it might It might be more difficult, right? But that's okay. Life is not easy. It's never going to be easy. And especially if it's worthwhile, it's definitely not going to be easy. Yeah. So just because it's hard doesn't mean you can't do it. Just because you're 44 and not 24 doesn't mean you can't do it. Now, it might take a little bit more discipline. It might take a little more effort. It might take a little more income because some people just don't have it. Yeah. Some people's plate is full and there is no extra. Okay, well, how do we do that? That's another conversation, yep. right? And that's a conversation that I'm willing to have with people. Because guess what somebody did for me? Somebody was willing to sit me down and teach me how to do what I do and gave me another avenue to earn income for my family and change my family's life because of what I can now do for others. I do that for people. I have the ability to invite people in if they're willing and teach them exactly how to make these plans, which is very fulfilling, especially when somebody's open and they're willing to sit down and look at it because of the impact they can have. But that also that doesn't just change the person, the client's life that changes the financial professional's life also, yeah. because that's a, a service that's, you know, an income source for me.
3: Yep.
1: And that's um, there's no sugarcoating it. I want to give my family options. Yep. I want to give my family the ability mm-hmm. to do things and see things and experience things. And a lot of those things are going to cost money. And if I want to give them those things, then I need to find a way to make that
0: money, to earn that money. And what better way than helping some people with some problems that they have? I agree. And, you know, I've heard a line one time and it said, if you want to get everything you want in this world, you just have to help others do the same. Zig Ziglar. Yep. That's the man right there. Yep. So just figure out how to help enough people get what they want and you'll get what you want. Yeah. It's very simple. And that's it. It's win-win. And listen,
1: you know, regardless of how hard it is, it's nothing's that easy. If it were that easy everybody would be doing it, yep. right? Everybody knows that going to the gym is good for you. Exercising is good for you. Not everybody's doing it. That's right. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean that going to the gym is bad. No. Everybody's not doing it because it's hard.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? But most hard things are good.
0: So Tyler, everything, you know, amazing stuff you're sharing with us here. Hope a lot of the listeners are getting as much as we are from this. If somebody says, "All right, Tyler, Show me a way out of where I am. I'm just stuck in a hole. I don't know how to get at this. I don't have a, you know, a group of people around me that understand financials. I came up like I did in the cornfields of Pennsylvania where nobody really, we just worked. We didn't think about the future. we just go hand to mouth. How do we start a process? What could, what could you do like as a step one with them? So
1: our, our initial step is completely free, right? We don't charge money to sit down with clients and talk all these ideas out which is another fantastic thing. Another reason why I decided to do this because to get an hour with me to, to go through these questions about what do you want and where are you trying to go? And maybe if you don't know that answer, we can talk it out and maybe chisel it down a little bit to figure out at least a direction. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't have a destination, but maybe we can get a direction and we can figure all that out. It doesn't cost you anything, right? None of that costs you anything. And ideally in a perfect world, I want to make all these solutions around what you're already spending because people are already spending money on insurance. People are already giving away too much money in their taxes every year. People are already overpaying. There's a lot of people out there that are trying to get out of debt. They're just not doing it efficiently. Yeah. And we can probably do it more efficiently with less money. Okay. Well, that just freed something up. Yeah. So if you open the doors and yeah. let us look inside, there's it can happen and it happens often where I can rearrange some things for you and put you way ahead of where you were headed without you spending more than you're currently spending.
0: That's really cool. So how do people find, get to started? How do people reach out to you? Like, what is? Yeah, that Yeah, I mean,
1: like? I, I made myself very available. Uh, all my social media accounts are public. Tyler Waters on Facebook, at uh, Tyler.Waters with two S's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all public. Uh, my cell phone number is available mm-hmm. to anybody. Um, I do have a landing page website um that we can maybe tag in the in the notes okay. of the what of is the, that? Do you know? Uh I can pull it up on my phone.
2: On Instagram, is it Tyler Waters or
1: is it Tyler Waiters? No, I changed it oh, because just changed I it. wanted people to be able to find me. Yeah. So there <laughs> okay. was a time in my life where I didn't want anybody to find me. Okay. And that has changed. Got so it. now I want people to find me. So I changed yeah. my handle a little bit to be more accurate, but For I couldn't sure. get Tyler Waters. So yeah. it's Tyler dot waters with two S's. Definitely. Got it. Um but my landing page is actually it's livemore.net it's livemore.net slash Tyler waters and it. that'll bring you to a landing page and if you take that route I actually have a scheduling link in there where people can literally just click my schedule will open up if yeah. there's an available time they can click on it book it I'll get a message they'll get a message and I'll know that they want it they want to have a talk cool um but I you know I'm I would love to help everybody you know what I mean like there's no good reason to just keep waking up every day hopeless yeah There's, there's somebody out there that wants to help you. I promise. I promise there's somebody that wants to help you. But if you don't present yourself as somebody who's willing to accept help, you're just not going to find it. Right. hundred percent. Even if you don't ask for it, sometimes you just have to have your ear open. And if you have your ears open enough, have you ever heard of the red car theory? Nope. Okay. Zach, you drove here today from your house. How many red cars did you see?
2: I'm going to go with a uh, 62.
1: <laughs> oh, but do you know that? <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, that you can think of and you're sure how many red cars did you see? Zero. Okay. But if I told you before you left your house that I was going to give you a hundred dollars for every red car that you saw on the way here, yeah, would that have changed things? 100%. Okay. So opportunity is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. If you wake up every day and you are not looking for opportunity, you will not see it. It could be right there. It could be next to you at the red light. It could be right next to you parked at the CVS. It could be right in front of your Facebook because you're not looking for it. You didn't see it. Right. They're all over. There are people willing to help you all over the place. But if you're not looking for them, you won't see them. It's a really good point. Absolutely. Absolutely, man.
0: I certainly appreciate you coming on here and uh, sharing what you do. And I certainly hope a lot of listeners go and reach out to you, especially if they're struggling or even not struggling. They just want to create a plan. I know when I first started, I had no idea where I wanted to go. I was just, I was going to do the same thing my parents did and just work until I, you know, just can't anymore. And at a certain point I said, it's just not how it's going to work. And I think there's more to life than that. When I saw people around me becoming financially free and becoming, you know, kind of working in their own world, creating their own destiny. I said, how can I get some of that? And it was all because I started to create a plan and I didn't have all the answers up front. I did not. When I first started out, I'm like, I don't know what I want. I just don't want to do this, or right? I just don't want that, right? right. So That's a start. Yeah, right? of course. That's a start. Of how much money do you need to retire? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a pretty simple guy. Let's start with something, right? And then see how that <laughs> right. something works right. and then adjust up or down. And then, because in five years from now, 10 years, 20 years, things are going to be different. Yeah. Absolutely. So start somewhere, start with something. Absolutely. And it's made all the difference in my mm-hmm. life. So I can say that I'm a huge fan of this kind of thinking and yeah. planning. And if it wasn't for the financial planners of my life i wouldn't be where i am right now so i um, very blessed and very privileged to have them in my life so reach out to tyler he is the guy that's going to help you get from where you are to where you want to go and it's all because he can help you put together a plan and then introduce you to some options that'll help protect you so you don't have to stay up at night thinking what am i going to do for my family if if i die or if i get sick or something happens yeah it's it's crazy how simple that can be handed off to somebody else.
1: And there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. Yeah. Maybe you have a plan and maybe you're not sure that that plan is getting you where you want to go. Yeah. Or as efficient opinion, as it could be, right? Maybe someone so, else has a faster hey, idea. Maybe have somebody else take a second look at it. Yep. I'm not promising you that my plan is going to be better than the one that you're on, but it's worth having a conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it worth just finding out, Exactly. right? Because there may be a piece that you could use, just yep. like I said. Yep. If you're around a bunch of people that are smarter than you, you may not agree with everything that they say, but maybe there's one thing that they said yep. that could be really useful for you. 100%. That, that's the same
0: scenario. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Tyler. Yeah. This has been great. I've enjoyed myself. Is that is any awesome. last questions or comments? No, I'm good. It cool. was awesome. Cool. Thank you, sir. Amazing. And I uh, would reach out to, to Tyler and he's going to help take it from where you are to where you want to go.